You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. You don't think he minds, do you? Father loves to lose. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Hacking Humans podcast, an occasional series we call Hacking Humans Goes to the Movies. I'm Dave Bittner, and joining me is my CyberWire colleague, Rick Howard. Hello, Rick. Hey, Dave. Glad to be here. On this show, Rick and I look at some of our favorite clips from cinema and television, clips which demonstrate some of the scams and schemes that Joe Kerrigan and I talk about on the Hacking Humans podcast. We've got some fun clips to share this week, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after this message from our show sponsor. All right, Rick, uh, you know, you and I both have a hoot doing this show. I know. I can't part believe of, that others do this, Dave. It's fantastic. Part of the fun <laughs> is uh, gathering up these clips and uh, just the breadth of stuff that's out there from the, the long history of cinema and television and all that kind of stuff. You got a great uh, clip this week, and this one goes this one goes way back. Way back. We've got in the way back machine for this one, right? It's yeah. the it's the 1941 movie called Lady Eve. It's directed by Preston Sturgis, and he was this prolific writer of movies from the 1930s through the 1950s. And it stars Barbara Stanwyck, and she's a four-time Oscar nominee, and probably most famous for her film noir. Prom- I can't even say that film noir performance in the 1944 movie Double Indemnity. Have you ever seen that movie, Dave? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's she's, good. She's wonderful it's, in everything she's, she's in. She's great in this, too. I had forgotten how great an actress she is. Hmm. She's uh, Her co-star is Henry Fonda, Oscar award winner himself, but most famous probably for his performances in, in The Grapes of Wrath and 12 Angry Men and also being Jane Fonda's dad, okay? And, <laughs> right, right. There's and the that. Third, yeah, just there's that, right? And then there's a third actor in the scene, Charles Coburn. He's another Oscar award winner. So in Lady Eve, Stanwyck is the daughter to Coburn, and they're professional hustlers. And in this scene, they've been trolling a cruise ship traveling from South America to New York City looking for victims, and they capture Ford. Now, he's a an extremely wealthy son of an international beer company owner, and they talk him into a friendly game of poker. But as is the case with these 1940s screwball com- comedies, Stanwyck has fallen in love with Ford and is trying to prevent her father from stealing Ford's money. Now, I like this scene for two reasons, right? First yeah. is that it shows how a card hustler, Coburn, is able to sneak card decks into the game that are advantageous to him. In the previous scene that we're not going to show here, we see him loading up with different decks by hiding them in secret pockets in his jacket. So we're going to be talking about that, right? Okay. And the second is that Stanwyck, by knowing her dad, how her dad operates, she's trying to sabotage his play without revealing to Ford that her dad is a card shark. So let's start this thing up. Well, before we dig in, Rick, let, let's okay. set the scene here because it, it really is a, a delightfully old-timey sort of thing oh, yeah. here. I mean, what, where are they and, and how are they dressed? They are, oh yeah, that's a good point. They are dressed to the nines. They're in the cruise ship, right? They're in a, like, a, like a dinner area and they've got a little corner off to themselves. It's three of them at a table and they're playing cards. Yeah, and they're wearing tuxedos. Yeah, they look good. Okay, I will say. <laughs> also, the film's in black and white, which which also gives it uh, some of that uh, Little classic old-timey feel. Yeah. yeah. yeah All right, yeah, let's yeah. roll the clip. Well, I haven't been quite as lucky tonight as usual, have I? You don't know how lucky you've been. The 
Colonel has been drawing wonderful cards. I believe it's my deal. I'm sorry. I guess I haven't got my mind on the game. I noticed that. How much are you behind? Oh, about $3,000. He deals the cards. Yeah. I love the music. Yeah. So, the father looks at his hand of cards. Mm-hmm. And what does he have? He's got not nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. That's what a I'm jack, saying. A jack, a nine, a five, a two. It's a lousy hand. You're right. Well, well, well. You've given me a good hand at last. Uh, you like bluffing. It. <laughs> <laughs> so Ford looks at his cards. As you said, four queens. Four queens, yeah. Well, you'll have to be pretty good to beat me, sir. I'll open for a hundred. Nevertheless... I'll raise you a hundred. Too good for me. Well, I'm afraid I'll have to raise you a hundred. Well, you must have something pretty good. Still. <laughs> All right, pause it there, Dave. Yeah. All right, so right there, Coburn fakes a small cough, reaches for his hanky, and replaces his bad hand with a good hand. And after he does this, he's going to have four kings in his hand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still, <laughs> I'll raise you a hundred. I'm sorry to see you lose your money, sir, but I can't let that challenge go unanswered. And a hundred. You're making me very nervous. But I must raise you two hundred. Pike doesn't know the meaning of the word fear. And a hundred. <laughs> Harrington doesn't know the meaning of the word defeat. And 200. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. All right, pause it there. Pause it there. All right, so Stanwick is reached into Coburn's cards that were sitting on the table, right, claiming that she thinks she misdealt. But in reality, she switches Coburn's four kings with another bad hand. (laughs) <laughs> right And so she's I mean this is her dad right This is her dad yes Okay So she knows how he operates Right yeah. And so she's gonna make sure He doesn't be successful Okay But she's also a card shark Like obviously she She does all this under Without anybody seeing it Yeah Alright Here we go Far from it my little minx So He's there he has No Nothing in his hand And a hundred Gracious, I wonder if I have enough money with me. All right, so pause it there. So Coburn reaches in for his wallet, claiming Mm -hmm. that he has to see if he has enough money to keep going. But in reality, he's swapping in another better hand. This time, (laughs) four aces. (laughs) I love it. Right, so Coburn has placed good sets of, good hands of cards all over his person. All over, yeah. <laughs> okay. He's, he's right. ready for any right. eventuality. And, now, <laughs> and he's got four aces now. Oh, yes, yeah. plenty, plenty. I'll raise you a thousand. I don't want to win so much from you, but I'll call her just to show you how hopeless it is. Cards? Not unless you have another queen, which I doubt. I'll see what I can do. Well, All right, pause it there. All right, here's what she does. This is the coup de gras, Dave. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
Danwick shows the next card in the deck, which she shouldn't do. It's the fifth ace. All right, so that means Coburn can't show his hands because he'll blow the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So he has four aces, <laughs> yep. which, and, and she has a fifth ace, which is impossible, right? A, it's impossible. Card right. should have. So, so the jig so is up for the father. Yeah, if he claims to win the hand, he's, they're going to call it a misdeal because there's five aces on the table. I see. All right. I thought at least one of you had four aces. I'll check <laughs> of my course four you queen, did. sir. What of you? <laughs> I regret to say that I was bluffing. <laughs> so he folds. Shame of showing you on what? Right. So yeah. Explain what what he just did there. Right? So he realizes that she's got him. Okay. That he can't show his hand. So he says, "I was bluffing," and he he and refuses to show his hand to Ford and loses right. all that money that's on the table. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about this for a second. He tries two uh, two tricks to get better hands, which he's successful at. His yep. his uh, daughter foils him. In every case, right? And then eventually lets Ford win, who is oblivious to everything going on at the table. Yeah. No idea that all of this uh, family intrigue is happening right next to him. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's watch the rest of the clip. Shame of showing you on what? I'll say I'm embarrassed. Maybe I should have laid my cards down. Oh, you don't think he minds, do you? Your father loves to lose. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he does. <laughs> oh man, I love these old movies. Oh, they're just they're just delightful. The the forty screwball comedies, I, I'll watch them all the time because they're just mindless but fun and uh, lightweight and just entertaining. So yeah, uh, count me. Yeah, in. you know, after I watched this clip, I, I was curious. I went and looked up uh, because at the beginning of the clip, Henry Fonda says that he's down about $2,000. Yeah, yeah. Uh, $2,000 in 1940 is about $40,000 now. <laughs> okay. So yeah. when yeah. these when these guys are putting $100 bets down, that's a, that's there's, there's some a money lot of there. money. Yeah, it's like two grand. Yeah. There's, a, there's yeah. another scene later where they're playing again and they're, they're throwing $30,000 around, all right? So it's like, gee, wow. man, that, that, those are wealthy people. And that's yeah. what the 40s movies were. They were about, you know, uh, the poor people being able to watch what the wealthy set is doing and trying to get some entertainment out of that. And I think that's why they did so well. Right, right. Oh, I miss the days of going uh, out yes. in your... your <laughs> Your 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 tuxedo, your evening jacket, your you know. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah. we're lucky if we go out in a clean T-shirt, right? Uh, I was gonna say, <laughs> since the pandemic, I'm lucky to have pants on. All right, so yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> all right, well, that is a good clip, and we will have a link to the uh, YouTube uh, version of that clip in the show notes. We hope that you'll check it out. Also, it's fun to uh, watch along while you listen to the show, so maybe you want to do that as well. Uh, my clip this week comes from the hit TV show Better Call Saul. Yeah, uh, Rick, do you have you watched this series? I have not watched it all the way through, so I'm still watch. Uh, hold me for spoilers, but yeah, I love it. Just love it. Okay, yeah. So uh, the show Better Call Saul is a spinoff from the show yep. Breaking Bad. Uh, Bob Odenkirk plays a slimy lawyer named Saul Goodman. And so in well. Better Call Saul, oh, he's <laughs> perfect in the role. In Better Call Saul, we see the origin role of the Saul Goodman character, whose real name is Jimmy McGill. And he's a, he starts off in this series as a small-time con man. In fact, he has the nickname Slippin' Jimmy. 
because uh, he he uses slip and fall injuries to scam property owners out of their money. Um, in this series, we follow Jimmy as he sets his sights on becoming a lawyer, and part of that is he wants to impress his older brother, who is played by the great Michael McKeon, mm-hmm. who you probably know as um, he was Lenny on Laverne and Shirley with yep. Lenny and Squiggy. Uh, he was also David David Saint Hubbins in This Is Spinal Tap, one of mm-hmm. you know my all time <laughs> classic <laughs> favorite movies. Yeah, <laughs> so much of this show centers on Jimmy's desire to go straight and be a legit lawyer, but he just can't resist the pull towards yeah. the thrill of the scam, right? <laughs> uh, so in this scene, Jimmy is driving his car through a residential neighborhood, and he's talking on his phone when he comes around a corner well, and seemingly— A car, really. It's it's almost a car. It's a jalopy, yeah. <laughs> beat-up, uh, right. really crappy car. No, it is car. a beater car. It's like a it's like a, the old, you know, lowest-end, entry-level, stripped-down <laughs> Kia that there is. That, that exactly is a, right. That's a good point. So he comes around the corner, and he seemingly T-bones a teenage kid who is out skateboarding in the neighborhood. And in this scene— uh, the kid, who I said is a skateboarder and he's wearing full protective gear, he bounces off of Jimmy's windshield and onto the ground. And cracks then he's the joined. Yep. Yeah, cracks the windshield. And then he's joined by another skateboarder who claims to be his brother. Let's watch the clip. Oh, run it again. Well, no, no, no. It's paid up. Run it again. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Yeah, he hit the windshield. <laughs> All the way across. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> Jimmy gets out of the car, and the guy's on the ground. The other guy comes up. Yeah, look at me. And at this point, he's worried that he's hurt this guy. Right, right. I did. What did you do to my brother? What did you look where you're going? I was making a turn. He came out of nowhere. You freaking hit him, man. You ran him over. You ran over my brother. Where I get the whole thing on video? It was an accident. It was an accident. He didn't. He didn't mean to. Ah! Oh, oh, it's broke. It's broke. It's my it leg. broke his leg. He, he amps it up a little bit there. Okay, somebody call the cops. Don't call, don't call the police. Don't call the police. Don't call the police. Don't call the police. Don't call him myself. Don't call him. I'm doing it myself. Don't call the cops. How are you going to fix this? What are you going to do to make things right? I love that look. Yeah. When he figures it out. Light bulb goes off. (laughs) What can I do to make it right? (sighs) Now he's playing them. I don't know. Five hundred dollars. Five hundred bucks. He starts kicking the guy on the ground. Kicks him right where his broken leg was supposed to be. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. Furthermore, does does a steaming pile of crap scream payday to you, huh? The only way that entire car is worth 500 bucks is if there's a $300 hooker sitting in it. Now, let's talk about what you owe me for the windshield. <laughs> the two guys run off. And they run. <laughs> I'll take a check. <laughs> so I th- I love this because there's a part where uh, Odenkirk is believing the scam, and then he goes, "Oh, this is what I do for a living," and he just flips on him. Right? I just yeah, I love that yeah. part. <laughs> no, you can just see the light bulb go off in his head. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, the, the great fun of this is trying to see 
uh, you know, there's that old saying, don't BS a BSer. And that, yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on here is these guys are trying to pull the same kind of low-level scam that Jimmy did when he was a kid. And, yeah. and at first he falls for it, right? Yeah, sure he did, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. I love his reaction to it is uh, when he figures it out, he kicks his leg. He kicks the guy's leg that's supposed to be broken, right? So that'll prove it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. All right. Well, those are our clips uh, for this week. Uh, again, we will have links to the YouTube clips in our show notes. We hope you will check those out. our show. We want to thank all of you for listening. We want to thank the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute for their participation. You can learn more at isi.jhu.edu. The Hacking Humans podcast is proudly produced in Maryland at the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our senior producer is Jennifer Iben. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie. I'm Dave Bittner. And I'm Rick Howard. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.